The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Ted Lasso, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this hit TV show. And joining me today on the panel are Lisa Jones. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Dom. And Patrick Mason. Hey, Patrick. Howdy, Dom. Folks, be sure to follow the secrets of movies and TV shows in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Media, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. And I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Star Wars. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. So we are talking about Ted Lasso, this three season hit series on Apple TV Plus that started in August of 2020, wrapped up in May of 2023 with this sort of, well, we could talk about it ended, but is it really over? Maybe this spinoffs, well, who knows? Before we get into the discussion, for the five of you who may have not seen it or heard of it and are listening anyway, <laughs> I will recap what this show is about. This is from Wikipedia. Ted Lasso is an American college football coach who is unexpectedly recruited to coach a fictional English Premier League soccer team, AFC Richmond, despite having no previous experience coaching soccer. The team's owner, Rebecca Welton, has hired Ted, hoping he will fail as a means of exacting revenge on the team's previous owner, her unfaithful ex-husband. However, Ted's charm, personality, and humor begin to win over Rebecca, the team, and all those who'd been skeptical about his hiring. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about how you feel about this show. Uh, you know, if you're on a panel discussing it, you're probably a fan. But, you know, Lisa, tell me about you and Ted Lasso. I love this show. <laughs> my, uh, my, I, all of my kids have played soccer and my two youngest have played competitively and soccer has just become a part of our life. So when the show came out, I wasn't familiar with the backstory of the character of Ted Lasso. Um, we just watched it for fun and my husband and I, and I just, there's just so much goodness in this even with, you know, we'll say the language or whatever. It's just, I love the idea that a popular hit show highlights kindness and such positive messages, mm. you know, forgiveness, all those things. And you can laugh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily family yeah. friendly, but like, it's so much fun to watch. So that's kind of where my passion for it is. Awesome. Patrick, how about you? Yeah, so I played soccer probably from the time I was about five until I was about 16 or 17. I was never terribly good or terribly competitive, but it was something to do until I discovered uh, swimming. That's <laughs> my real sports passion. It's interesting because at the same time this show became popular, I started becoming a real big sports fan. And I can't, I can't really tell you why I've always followed college football. But suddenly I'm I'm now a college football fan, an NFL fan, a baseball fan, you know, major league and minor league. Not as much Premier League soccer, although now I can do that because of Apple Plus. So, <laughs> right. And, I, and the Olympics, absolutely, I've always loved the Olympics. So as a sports fan, it's always interesting to me to see 
coaching and see behind the players' experiences. So I watch a lot of the sports kind of docudramas and, and documentary kind of stuff. And it, it was very much, for me, it was very much like watching the best possible documentary that was also hilarious <laughs> with with characters you liked. Because let's face it, a lot of sports players are not the best people in life. And it's very nice watching a show that, that shows both not great sports players and and really good ones. Mm. Uh, and so that was good, too. That's what yeah. I really liked about it. No, I love British TV. I watch a lot of I have Brit Box. I, you know, I do a Doctor Who podcast, so I love that sort of stuff. And I love British culture and I love soccer or as they call it, football is such a huge part of British culture that I want to. It's fun to kind of get a peek into this part of the, the fandom, the, the crazy fandom that British soccer fans have and, you know, Premier League and it's so arcane compared to, you know, what we have, you know, in football <laughs> or baseball, although I'm sure that baseball and football seem arcane to to do uh, soccer fans. And it's just fun to get to know it better. I mean, I, I knew of the Premier League and my one of my friends, what my before I got married, my roommate, he was into British soccer. We watched, you know, Premier League matches and stuff like that. Uh, I just knew it was very long without breaks and that sort of thing. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, there's no intermission. When's the intermission? I got to, you know, get up and, you know, gonna, no, no, no halftime. 45 minutes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, they're adding time. What's this? Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Now, when Ted Lasso came around, I think part of the secret sauce for Ted Lasso is when it came. Mm-hmm. And it came out in August of 2020. As everyone knows, we'd just gone through five months of lockdown or, or whatever. It was a little, technically March through like June or July for most people. And then even after that, we were restricted in movement. And it was just a bad time, you know, as you all remember. And people were confused, angry, sad, mad lonely, worried. And then we get this character, Ted, who's irrepressible. He's a cheerful acceptance of everyone. Well, well, on top of the lockdown, then we've got this terrible election campaign going on, right? Just uh, politics and cultural divide and people are angry. And it was also 2020, as we all know, was also the year of the George Floyd, riot, you know, and death and the rights and all that sort of stuff. That summer was a terrible summer. It was a horrible summer. And then Ted comes along and brings joy and cheer and mm-hmm. his, I call it dogged do-goodedness. Just he <laughs> wouldn't stop. And he had this relentless effort to find good in everyone. Like mm-hmm. every person he met, there was something good about them. And even if they gave hit returned, you know, like Jesus would say, return, a, you know, a, if, turn the other cheek, re- return, you know, uh, there's this one old guy I just keep thinking of. Like every time he'd see him in public, he'd say, hey, how you doing? And he would cuss at him. And then he's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. can't say the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna say it. And then he'd say, "You tell, well, you have a good day too." <laughs> and it just, he, nothing stopped him. And you know, he responded to insult and injury with self-effacement and charity. That's how I, mm-hmm. I think about it. And I think everyone said, "Wow, I miss that. I miss living in a world where." People can be nice to each other and we, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that is one of the things that really drew people in. I agree. And I think a lot of TV shows, every time they would show a nice guy or a nice person or whatever, they would always be looked down on or victimed, you know, that they they didn't succeed. It was niceness was thought of as a weakness, you know, someone to step over on your way to the top. And, and so this was different. He was succeeding. Yes. 
and and he was as a converting people. You know, he was winning them over, and and that was so different, and it really caught our attention. Right, right. So much TV was so cynical, and this wasn't mm-hmm. Patrick. Yeah, I like the hook onto that. Normally, in a in a show where you have a nice guy. Right, they're either a failure on one hand, or they've got some dark, hidden secret that that ends up making them terrible. Right, right? they're always, oh mm-hmm. no, he's not really a nice guy. And we actually find out Ted's dark, terrible secret. It's not that he's terrible; mm-hmm. it's that he's going through a life changing trauma, and he's trying to figure out how to cope and deal with it. And lo and behold, we're all going through this shared giant trauma <laughs> that is the <laughs> pandemic right and how to come out of it and deal with it and we've got this guy who you can see his whole face you know he's nice he's friendly he's warm it's all the things we were the opposite of you know the people well, your mask isn't on right or your mask is on right or you know people watching other people trying to they got you or get you whether you're following the rules or not and this guy didn't care <laughs> you know it was it was that was the sort of thing he mm-hmm. I love the scene in the restaurant where he's eating the, the I can't remember the type of food. It's it Indian, Indian food. It's Indian food. And yeah. he's like, yeah, just make it how you make it at home. Or, and the guy's like, we'll do. And he, <laughs> yeah, not Indian. It was, it was an African country. Yeah, it was African. African. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and Trent is like, no, no, you don't want to do that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I'm. And he ate it. He was entertained, yeah. but he ate it. He was happy for it. Yeah. Well, happy until a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, one of the things that characterized the writing of this show was whenever there was a moment where they could take a character dark or light, they mm-hmm. always opted for the light. They always, it's not that every character made good choices, mm-hmm. but the characters, instead of getting worse and worse, had redemption arcs. Even the ones who, except for one, uh, Rupert, who was the villain, mm-hmm. but but everyone yeah. else really had an arc that they traveled along. They especially Nate. We'll get into the individuals uh, in a bit, but you know it, it's interesting. The writing of this show always tried to highlight better human nature. I felt like not every choice they made in writing was something I would agree with, and that's this is the the, the tricky thing about this show. I love this show. It's one of my favorite shows. There's a lot of stuff in it I didn't like. This, I mean, yeah. apart from the cussing, which was excessive to American ears, but maybe not to European. But there was I mean, a that lot felt of normal British to me. I yeah, don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there was a uh, a lot of personal moral choices made by characters mm-hmm. that I disagree with. That I think are bad moral choices. And yet, the way the show dealt with them, it still highlighted people using their conscience and embracing people in a in a charitable way. It's kind of hard for me to describe. It's it's hard. I've been thinking about this all week, trying to figure out how. What's the? How can I describe this? I mean, do you guys think the same way or have yeah. an insight into this? I characterize it as truly loving your neighbor. I feel like that's what this show. And I'm sure the writers. I have not looked. Did not mean to have a Christian message here, but that's <laughs> what I got out of it. Was the world? People. Life is messy. And people, everyone's broken in some way. And I feel like this show highlighted that. It it really kind of reflected back to us the reality of our society, the choices people make, the broken families, dysfunction, all kinds of things that are going on. 
And yet they did it in a hopeful way. They had through Ted Lasso, through his interaction with them, that he always brought them up, that he always supported them, saw the best in them, gave them a second chance, loved them. And he he ended up creating this community Mm. with all of these broken, normal people. And so to me, it was such a, you know, they reached the masses of people by being normal, you know, kind of the craziness that TV shows show us, the immoral choices or the, you know, the things that are happening. So they showed it to us and they cursed and they did all these things. But at the same time, they gave us this unbelievable charitable message. Right. And it's it's so odd, but I loved it. (laughs) You know, one of the things is like, I was thinking like an example of what I was trying to say earlier was like with Trent, Trent Krim, Mm -hmm. independent. (laughs) (laughs) There were several times when he had the opportunity to make like he was to be that journalist guy. Mm -hmm. And in a regular TV show, he would go and make a scoop and he would hurt people with his reporting, whatever. But he kept making the the choice to sacrifice himself. So he sacrificed like when he told Ted that Nate was the his source on this story, and ended up getting fired from his paper because of it. Mm-hmm. Or later on, when it was him in Colin, and you know revealing Colin's you know uh, you know that he was gay, and instead of publishing that or letting people know or making it, he reached out to him, you know and. Mm-hmm kind of helped him deal with his life being difficult. And or Isaac, the captain of the team, when he found out about Colin, he was mad at him only because you didn't trust me to tell me, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it was like, I disagree with Colin's lifestyle, but I'm glad that he has really good friends surrounding him, you know, mm-hmm. and that we saw how people can, whether they agree or disagree, can uplift someone and and be friends with them. And it, it, instead of, you know, I don't know, it was it just felt better. Even if I disagree with it, I still felt better about it. It's weird. <laughs> so let's get into some of the individual characters and their journeys through things. Uh, and let's start with the man himself, Ted Lasso. I think, Lisa, you alluded to the fact that the character Ted started as a a bit by Jason Sudeikis in a series of ads for NBC Sports years ago, where um, it was a college football coach who became a soccer coach uh, for actually his it wasn't West Ham. It was one of the other teams that they actually end up playing in the series. The character was different in that. He, and he changed the character to be more like the one we know. But we have this Ted character and he's he was never perfect. That's that's an important aspect of it. He's, he makes mistakes from the beginning. And I feel like one of the things that really makes Ted really lovable is that and, and why he's people love him so much. He embodies a certain kind of Midwestern slash Southern values of friendliness neighborliness now that sometimes becomes a mask over stress and pain and unresolved conflict but it also comes out as overlooking other people's mistakes and being friendly to strangers and not taking offense at everything it's like the it's the 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 nice side of those things what do you think of ted's character and then the journey he goes on through the series patrick i'll I'll, I'll call on you (laughs) (laughs) ted's a very interesting character He's, like you said, he's got that very sort of, you know, I think Texas's state motto is friendliness. And he's got that very friendliness. Like, I, I'm going to be outgoing. I'm going to say hi to people. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to agree to go to their restaurant, even though I just rode in a cab with them. You know, I'm, I'm going to be outgoing, despite transplanting myself, you know, a couple thousand miles away over an ocean 
in a city where most people just look down all the time and don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> would rather not talk to you. And so it's just, we get a very clear picture that this is sort of Ted. Ted. And then as we go on through the show, you you start to see the struggles he's dealing with. Like the whole reason he's there is because of the relationship with his wife and how that's going. And then you build onto that the relationship with his kid. And then you start building onto that the the problems he's had with the therapist and the team's therapist that they bring in in season two and, and that whole how that relationship plays out. It's interesting watching Ted kind of get to know himself at the same time that we're getting to know him. And the fact that because he is his friendliness and his openness and his conversability with people has built him enough friendships by the time he starts really having to deal with his problems and he's starting to, you know, he's cramping up and he's uh, going into panic attacks. You know, he's made such a friend out of his boss that she's able to pull him aside and talk him out of one of his panic attacks. And that you're going to think about like in a season that's, that's, it's months. It's not even, they haven't even been like friends for a year. Right. And yeah. you think about the kind of scourge of unfriendness that, people have these days they a lot of people don't have a lot of friends and that's a big problem and and ted was very much a teaching character (laughs) for this is how you make friends or this is how you become friends with people and then this is what friends do for you like when you are in those tough hard places in life this is where they really come in and then you just love everything about how ted treats everybody around him Mm -hmm. you know how he how he sees the potential in nate and he lifts him up and he sees the potential in jamie even though Jamie's playing against him by from another, you know, another team for a time, he's given him the attaboys and he sees the potential in um, Kent, Roy Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and even Trent from the, the Atlantic, they're all, Hey, I want to write a book on what you've been doing. And everybody in the room's like shaking their head. No, 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 no. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's bring him on. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's just willing to give everybody a chance. And then seeing their potential wants to help them do better. I mean, that's the dream life coach that everybody has and kind of the dream boss everybody has and sort of the dream boss everybody wants to be when they're a boss. Having become a boss relatively recently, <laughs> it's, it's been a good lesson. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Lisa, what about you? What do you think of Ted? Well, like I said, when when the show started and it was coming from Texas, I kind of agree with the, I didn't see, he was quirky but at the same time you know we're very friendly people and very outgoing and tell lots of stories so that part felt very at home to me but watching the cynical people that they were were at the beginning and watching their reaction to him was so fascinating because they weren't sure what to make of him but he was winning them over and I loved that and like he said like supporting and loving so when he started when we first saw him in the hotel room uh, respond to Nate were yelled at him and he was in a really bad space because his wife had sent him divorce papers and all of this. I remember being upset with the show because I loved the idea that there existed this very positive, nice, kind person, just naturally nice. I, I loved that. I don't say fantasy, but, but I really loved it. I wanted to believe that there just are those people. And I was talking to my teenager about it and she she said, no, mom, this is better. <laughs> the fact that he chooses to be nice and kind, the fact that he's struggling internally 
so much with his own issues from his father's suicide and his mother's not paying attention to it and all these things. The fact that he's struggling makes him relatable and it makes him real and it makes people are going to like the show even more because they can see themselves in him and that she says, isn't it better that he's not naturally nice and kind, but he's intentional and he chooses to be that way with people every day and every encounter. He slips up every once in a while, but but he chooses that. She's like, isn't that better? And I'm like, my 16 year old is like teaching me stuff. <laughs> I know, I'm like... Child, touche. Thank you. <laughs> so when I started, so that, that the start of that second season with the with the therapist and all that, I it was kind of like, what happened to my funny show? And, mm-hmm. you know, and she just, she, with the way that she said that to me and we talked about it, I was like, you're right. It, it It's so much bigger than just being nice. It's everybody's fighting with something and he's choosing to do it in a really positive mm-hmm pro his community, like interacting with each person with a dignity that he should. Yeah. And so, yeah, it it changed my way of thinking about it. And it actually made me like Ted even more. Yeah. You know, I didn't love second season panic attack Ted, Mm -hmm. you know, because like you said, where's the funny, you know, loving guy that we had the first season. But I I get what you're saying. And I I kind of I agree. It it was a necessary journey. It just wasn't my favorite version of Ted, shall we say. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it made him real and made it clear that he's being intentional. And, you know, I just realized if I were to compare him with another character and I put it in air quotes, (laughs) it would be the Jesus from the Chosen played by Jonathan Rumi. That lovingness, that everyday natural, normal. So often Jesus on film is portrayed as, you know, ethereal. I think like Max von Sydow and um, one of the uh, Zeffirelli's. Jesus of Nazareth or something. You know, Jesus is often like this up here above us. And the Jonathan Rumi's Jesus is one of us, but he's this intentionally loving, fun, friendly guy. And I feel like Ted kind of comes across in that same vein, not exactly the same, but in that vein. Mm. And I, I kind of like that. And I do like the fact that Ted was, you know, he was normal. He had flaws and even cheerful, friendly, loving Ted can have a failed marriage, you know, can mm-hmm. have marriage troubles. And his wife could feel growing apart. And, and that was the reason for him taking this job overseas and that sort of thing to give her space. And you kind of felt like, wow, because Ted is such a good guy, he kind of maybe gave up too easy on his marriage. Like he gave her that space, even though maybe he should have stayed and fought and been mm-hmm. less accommodating or whatever. I, I don't know how I felt about that. I felt a little bad like that. Maybe, you know, that that shouldn't happen. I don't know. But if you think about the way they left it open-ended, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they they had him, he had to go on this journey. Yeah. And he came back. You notice he didn't come back to just his son. She was there, you know, yeah. in that. Right. And and right before that scene with the um the, that last game, her boyfriend or person of interest was very dismissive of the whole, yes. you know, and, and she was getting yeah, really irritated with him about it. You know? happen. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then he arrives back and they're very happy to see it. I feel like they left the door open to right. maybe reconciliation. Yeah. Like yeah. fill in your own blank, but, but they had to kind of mature and grow and he had to figure out who he was to properly engage with her as he should in his marriage and relationship. So, but I agree. He did. He gave up too easily. But I don't know. I like the way they left it where it could come full circle, you know, at the end that they could come back together. 
So I want to move on and talk about some more characters. My favorite character, I feel like the breakout character in the show is uh, he's here. He's there. He's I'm not going to say it everywhere. There. Roy, Roy Kent. Kent. Roy Kent. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Brett Goldstein was was the breakout actor. Oh, in this. Yeah. I mean, so good. I love Roy. And he's this sort of the stereotypical macho, gruff, angry, repressed guy. But I think more than anyone, Roy goes on a journey through this series. Mm-hmm. And he's still Roy at the end. But he's a very different man by the end of this, too. What do you think of Roy's and his journey in this series? I will say, I, I think they showed us early on who who Roy really was in that um, his fighting with Jamie and his the way he was on the field and with the team and stuff. But they showed us who he is with Phoebe by putting the niece. In, I mean, that's such an odd choice for this guy, for them yeah. to pair him up with his young niece and he's cursing and he's gruff and he's angry and then she says something to him and he's just you could just see it like his love and attention and care for her and so you you know he's got that heart underneath you you see the journey coming for him yeah you know the way that it progresses and i liked it i felt like his journey i felt was more subtle than some of the others but like when um rebecca welton goes on the date in second season I think it is. And Keely's like, oh, he's fine. Oh, you're great on paper. It's so great. And he tells her, no, you want someone, you know, who, who I forgot what the words were, like lightning or, you know, something like that. Like you want somebody, you don't want to settle. You want somebody who really connect with. And, and so you saw his, pa- I mean, we don't even know if he really likes Rebecca Welton, like even as a friend. I mean, yeah. it was his boss. And, and yet he feels compelled to be really brutally honest with her. So I like that. I I don't love the way they had his relationship with Keely end or not conclude. Right. The open endedness that was there. But I liked, you know, seeing him become a diamond dog. Or was it a diamond dog? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Diamond dog. To, yeah. 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 To Eventually. see him at the at the <laughs> end. Yeah. Want, want to bear his soul and talk and you know, and I, I that that was that was everything that that scene at the end with them sitting in there and I love how all the kids saw right through Roy's exterior, like as if it wasn't even there, as if right. they didn't even notice him being yeah. gruff and rude. They just saw the heart yeah. and mm-hmm. like like little kids and, and dogs can always <laughs> tell a real person, a person's real personality. You know what I mean? They see through you. And I think that was the case with Roy. I also loved one of my favorite things was when Jamie's confronts with is confronted by his dad in the locker room and his dad is just the worst <laughs> ever and it roy comes up to him afterward and just hugs him mm-hmm. i mean i got dusty in here like when i was yeah. watching it i mean i was like i was really moved because yes i mean despite everything roy extends love to someone who's in pain and is in need and whatever jamie has been and has done to roy he sets it aside and just he's a brother to him you know a teammate that's, again, one of those things I love about this show is, th- is that seeing people being human to each other, despite <laughs> the differences. How about you, Patrick, with uh, Roy? Roy's probably my favorite character, just in general. What I love about his journey is how much it, it is similar to the journey of Lightning McQueen in the Cars franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this. Yes. Yeah. So, this is awesome. 
my my son, a huge, huge Q7, huge, huge Cars fan. We've watched Cars uh, yep. 1 and 2 and 3. So in Cars and 1... And all the Mater's Tall Tales, right? You've seen all those Oh, yeah, many all times. those. <laughs> Uh, on the, you know, it's on the road now, cars on the road. We've seen those a couple of times now, so <laughs> plenty out there, but lightning comes in in the first one is like the kind of new kid on the block. He's winning these races. He's awesome. You know, he's Jamie effectively. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you kind of get the, the king in that show is sort of Roy's analog. And there's this journey lightning goes on where he figures out kind of who he is and, and who what he actually wants and what his life really means and, and how he actually wants to live and the people he treats. And there's a very telling scene where he's talking to his agent and his agent says, hey, I've got tickets for you. It's your next race. I got 10 of them. Just give me the name of your friends. And, and the lightning sitting there thinking, friends, who are yeah. my friends? Right. And it's the same kind of position you find Jamie sort of. And it's sort of this evolution you see Jamie go through over the course of the three seasons is him sort of realizing his teammates are not just these teammates or not just people I'm using to get to the next level or whatever, but that he really does have a home at Richmond, like even leaving and going to the TV show and then being invited back. You're thinking Roy and Roy. Yeah. Sorry. No, you no. saying Jamie, but you mean Roy. No, I'm, I'm talking about Jamie. Oh, okay. Oh, Jamie's yeah. the reality show. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He goes to the reality show. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. The, oh, yeah, Roy's TV show. Oh, my gosh. That was so, those scenes were so amazing. Um, but, but so Jamie goes on this journey of finding friendship and finding about what he really wants to do with his career because he's kind of out on this. But from the time Cars 3 rolls around, Lane McQueen has been like on top for like a decade. And suddenly there's a new racer on the block. And he starts beating him all the time and he sort of kind of loses his edge and he gets to the point where he's basically he's going to be out like he's not going to be able to race anymore he's not going to be able to to do what he loves his passion in life that the only thing he's really done and this is very much where roy where we find roy in that first season mm-hmm. is he is on on his last legs like what is he going to do how is he going to get better and i'm not going to say it's scene for scene because it's a short movie versus a long tv show but it's almost scene for scene you watch lightning mcqueen kind of he's getting coached and sort of turns his coach into his protege and then puts his protege in his spot and starts coaching her and she becomes the racer and she starts winning the races. Mm -hmm. And we see kind of Roy go through the same transformation where he is, he goes from being a player to a coach and the relationships he has to form with people now that it's a completely different dynamic. Right. And so like it, that for me, you know, watching these movies with my kids and then watching (laughs) Watching it play out in this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's the athlete's journey, right? You you watch any athlete, any pro athlete, especially people at the top of their game, they go through, they're the new kid on the block and they're hot and they're top of the world and everything and they kind of get midstream and they're still very, very good and then they get in the low end and you kind of find out what kind of a person they are as they go through that transition phase to what do they do now that their career is winding down? Right. Like what, who do they, you know, who do they become? Are they going to be like Michael Jordan? Or are they going to be like Michael Vick? Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> what kind of person are they going to be as they move towards the end of their career? And then what do they do afterwards? Watching Roy go through that and, and all the scenes with his niece are fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just spot on. Oh yeah. Roy dealing with aging. I mean that's really it hits hits a little close to home for me. And uh <laughs> and just that idea of you know passing on the baton. You know, I, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not out there 
I see it with me and my kids. Like, you know, oh, I got to get into the van and, you know, do this thing on the. Yeah, it's my son, Anthony. Come on. Come here, Anthony. Get under the van for dad. <laughs> I'm not getting under there anymore. This is now a you thing. Um, passing the baton on that. You know, mm-hmm. just the that the admitting you, you can't do the things you used to do, but you can help others to do those things. And that's that's where I think we yeah, where we see Roy really turn the corner on mm-hmm. things is he's he's angry in the beginning, partly because he can't be the guy he always was. He's no longer yeah. that guy. And then he becomes a different man by the end. And I think it's yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's a great journey. So let's talk about Rebecca, Rebecca Welton. She's the woman who owns the team at the beginning. And Rebecca starts off sort of in a bad place. She's been scorned, spurned by her ex-husband who went for a younger Rebecca so that she's now the old Becca, you know, which is, (laughs) oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And uh, she's hired Ted as a way to basically destroy AFC Richmond, which was her husband's only, you know, her ex-husband's only true love, as as she puts it. And so that almost the entire first season, she doesn't want to like Ted. Mm-hmm. He's there to destroy this team. She's like, he, she's using him, like, you know, in a, this terrible way. It's this really awful thing. And she's really converted by Ted through this season. And by the end, I mean, Rebecca is, she becomes friends with Keely, who is outside of her normal social circle. She she gets to the, to the point where she's not quite forgiving Rupert, but she's over him. It, she does, he no longer motivates hatred in her. By the end, she has this desire to move on with her life. And at one point, she, she looks into becoming a mother, which is a, a weird bit of her storyline that never really went anywhere. I thought that was kind of odd. But she has this desire to become something more than what she has been. And I really love the way this character was played by Hannah Waddingham. Yeah. What a great actress she is. I mean, mm-hmm. she, I saw her in Game of Thrones. Her character in that, unrecognizable <laughs> as Rebecca. Completely different character. <laughs> but, but yeah, again, you know, a, a really awesome character. What, Lisa, again, what do, you, what do you think of Rebecca in her journey? I agree with everything you said. When we first meet her, you're like, wow, she's powerful and great. And this is really interesting. And then when she confides to Leslie at that first episode that she hired him to bring down the team, like she wants to crash the team. It's you're like, oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, but I will say watching her friendship with Ted and and him winning her over. And then it's, it's not that she had to really change who she was, but you learn from her friend, Sassy, and then you learn from interactions with Ted and getting the stories out that she'd forgotten who she was, you know, that because remember Sassy at one point even calls her out that she says like, oh, what Rupert did to me or Rupert kept me from you or, you know, my goddaughter, Nora, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Sassy's like, you have to take ownership of your part in that, that you cut yourself off from us. You became that person. And I loved I know this is controversial. I love the fact that she and Ted never became an item. Yes. Although they tried to trick us. They tried to trick us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In that last show. I loved, I, I love that they became, they had such a deep respect for each other and such a deep friendship. They had an understanding and you see it in that episode where she's, she's singing, let it go. And I didn't know who she was before the show. So I didn't know she had that incredible voice and all of that. And, and she goes outside and helps him. 
you know, and gives him that hand and offers to walk him back when he's having the panic attack. And, you know, she sees him for what he's going through. And the episode where Christmas, that you yes. find out that yeah. she goes, I'm assuming it's her own money and, you know, buys toys and goes around. And this is what she does on Christmas and, and gives toys out to families. And she invites, she knows Ted's alone and she purposely goes and invites him to join her. And so I loved their relationship of being friends and very, very deep amount of respect for each other and not as much as they tried to kind of tell us they were going to be you know, like an item or something. I love that they didn't do it because I think that's too cliche, especially in a lot of shows You know that that old phrase, men and women can't be friends. I love that she was his boss and they let it stay that way and it let it develop into a, a mutual friendship. I agree. I was thinking about that Christmas episode and, and other evidence from the, the series of how they kept showing how Rebecca wanted to be more than just boss lady. I mean, she was really good at that, but she had love in her that she wanted to share and that had been so damaged by how she'd been treated by Rupert and others around her. And Ted helped her get in touch with that again. And I think that's where the impulse to motherhood came from mm -hmm. in season three is she had this love she wanted to share uh, and was looking for the way to it. And I liked how her story ended that uh, the Dutch boat guy. Yeah. Yeah. The Dutch airline uh, captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. If you think about it, the psychic in season three, he mm -hmm. she told her, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it was like, you're going to have love, have a family and become a mother. And so for the rest of that, season you know she's she's searching she's searching you know and you're thinking she's gonna find yeah. this guy and she's or she's gonna get pregnant or you know all these things and what you realize by the end of that season she found love she found a family and she became a mother but it was through her love of the team and if you remember right. the the young man in the pub one of the supporters and that last he tells her they call her the matriarch or the ted refers to her as the matriarch of of the, the team that the press does. But the man in the, the pub call says, you're like the mother I never had. Yeah. And so she found all of that by opening mm. herself up through, through the journey she went on with Ted. Right. And that was an unusual, because usually in shows, they yeah. want to be like, oh, she met a man. and Right. You yeah. know, but it was deeper than that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That is great. Uh, and that, that actually answers the, my, open end, my thought about the open-endedness of the mother thing. Wow. Uh, Patrick, how about you? What, Rebecca? I had never even considered them, her and Ted getting together. That would have been so weird to me. Like, I would have like, I'd have been like, okay, turn it off now. <laughs> there was a whole online uh, shipper thing going on with them. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know. Cause I, that just, so, cause for me, they're each other's foils throughout the entire show, you know, cause season one, they're basically at odds. They're, they're at odds. Ted doesn't realize it until <laughs> towards the end. And I, I love the scene. I'm so mad at you, but I really nailed the cookies today. So I'm still giving them to you. <laughs> you know, and her spending like an entire episode and a half trying to find out where these cookies are coming from. Yeah. And he's, he's making them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but they're kind of, and, and they're natural foils for each other. He is, you know, kind of friendly and outgoing, you know, trying to be, friends with everybody and trying to lift people up and see the best of people and, and do well by them. But at the same time, dealing with a lot of really crushing internal mental health kind of issues, sort of. And she's got the same thing going on, but the way she's dealing with it is sort of the cold British, 
austere, upper-class, reserved sort of thing. And so they have this very different way of approaching life and approaching each other, and every interaction they have with each other is just stupendous. (laughs) It's just so well done. (laughs) And watching their foilness change from season to season, because they remain foils to each other, but they're it, it's at a different in a different way. Like they start out like mm-hmm. at odds, and then they're they're on the same team. But the way they want to run the team, kind of the reasoning behind it, you know. There's I can't. I want to say it's the beginning of season three, and she's like just not yelling at him, but yelling at him in the most British mm-hmm. way possible. And she's like, "We're going to win a game, right?" <laughs> you know, and just the way they interact with people. Yep. But at the same time. Once she's kind of on board, she's also trying to lift the team up mm-hmm. uh, and lift the people around her up as well. Um, you kind of get to see that in Leslie's sort of story over the course of the right of the show. Yeah. Uh, but so, like them getting together for me is just like my no, they can't. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to be their 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 foils of each other for a reason, and it's it's very effective from a storytelling perspective. Watching both of their arcs kind of go in very similar directions in very different ways. Uh, it would have ruined the show like uh, Maddie and uh, Addison getting together on Moonlighting back in that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that is a deep cut, very back old TV show. Civil Shepherd. It, it did ruin the show. <laughs> but it did ruin the show. That, that's, that's like the canonical don't ruin the show by the romance. You know, one of my favorite Ted, Rebecca interactions was every time she would constantly offer him tea Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, oh, God, no, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like, he was just brutally honest. Right, yeah. right. No, that's garbage water. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't want that <laughs> like spoiled dirt. water. That's, yeah. that's terrible. <laughs> I, I love, that was one of my favorite things. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Keely now. Keely's an interesting character. She starts mm-hmm. as kind of, kind of a, you think she's kind of an airhead at the beginning, frankly. Mm-hmm. She, you, there's not much there, you think. She quickly proves there's a whole lot more there beneath the surface than is readily apparent. She ends up very strong and independent. She's has her own PR agency. She founded this, this app banter and <laughs> they have really kind of set up so that she, she doesn't really need a relationship to be fulfilled. And I know we wanted, many of us wanted her and Roy to get back together again. Cause that seems right. But uh, in, in another sense from a, you know, as, as the individual character, she was constantly jumping from relationship to relationship and maybe what she needed was some time to just be Keely. And there was a lot I liked about Keely. There were some things uh, that kind of left me a little mm, about it. But but she was another good person, you know, Mm -hmm. despite the rough edges. She was still a good person. Uh, What what did you think, Lisa, of of Keely? I I really think the same thing. I liked her from the beginning. She was she was so fiery and interesting and 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 her relationship with she and Ted clicked right away, but her yes. relationship with Rebecca is, I think, where you saw her the potential for where she was going. Because, like, like you said, uh, Rebecca was so closed off and serious, and you know, cold, cold exterior, and Keely just really brought out a different side of her. And then at the same time, Rebecca empowered Keely to have confidence and, and give, give her the opportunity to grow into who she could be, you know, career-wise. And even in the very, very, one of the very first episodes, I think, where Keely asks Ted, would you be a lion or a panda? You know, and Ted's like, I think he said, be a panda. And Rebecca's walking by and she's like, 
be a lion, you know, lions are strong, lions will eat the pandas and, you know, all this stuff. And, and Keely's impressed by this and she becomes, she chooses the lion. I loved their relationship, their girl talk, their support of one another and the way that they kind of pushed each other to do better. I like on the show that they had Keely leave. And I know that a lot of people disagree with that. I like that they had her leave and go set up her own PR firm because it gave her the chance to see herself outside of Jamie, Roy, Ted, you know, and Rebecca and kind of see what she was made of and give herself the chance to stay on her own two feet, which we got the impression she hadn't done a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And then it comes full circle and that Rebecca, it didn't go well. I mean, the funding and the whole, the whole Jack thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> can can I just discordant note? <laughs> my whole family, we were all like, "What?" Can yeah. I just say, Jack was her boss, her immediate boss, her person funding her and running her business. Yep. And the way they had them get together felt very tone deaf to me in 2022, 2023, whatever year it was filmed in, very tone deaf for yeah. women, sexual harassment, what goes on in the office place to have her boss offer her alcohol and then come on to her knowing that she'd just broken up and was vulnerable. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what the writers were doing. If it had been a man, <laughs> right. no way. Yeah. I, I really... I'm sorry, you can tell I'm very passionate about that. I really, yeah. really struggle with that decision because I felt like they were just trying to throw in a same-sex relationship for her to, I don't know, you know, gin up interest or whatever, but I don't care. It was wrong and, and it was a, a power imbalance and I felt that that was wrong to show people that in a positive way. I think it's one of the worst things that they did in the show. Yeah, I mm -hmm. really, really do. Yeah. On the other hand, I love Barbara. But yes, I love Barbara. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Barbara, Barbara turned out to be one of the more interesting, <laughs> funny characters. She was so weird. I have a lot of blood in my sports. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. She says that like four or five times through the season, and she's just like really, really hammering that home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Barbara was one of the better, better characters. Uh, Patrick, how about you and Keely? Keely, for me, is difficult because I don't understand her which makes her extremely believable because there are plenty of people in life <laughs> that I do not understand why they do things how they do things what motivates them and so I, f I found her story to be fascinating uh, you know the relationship with Jamie and then the follow-up relationship with Roy the building the relationship between Rebecca and and Leslie and uh <laughs> And she, she kind of acts as this sort of uh, node point for mm -hmm. about a season and a half or maybe just a season between one and two between the three of them, between, mm -hmm. between Ted and Rebecca and Leslie, as sort of this, this way to go between each of them because they all talk in slightly different languages, almost completely in Ted's case. <laughs> 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 and so like her bringing her out into her own space both we get to see her own growth. Uh, and I find the whole subplot with her friend and bring her friend onto the company mm -hmm. and realizing maybe mm -hmm. this is a terrible idea. I found that to be very both true to life and fascinating to watch that yeah. be portrayed in such a... I thought they did a good job with it, yeah. to be honest. I, too, also... It, <laughs> the whole Jack thing, like, it felt to me 
like when you're, if you've ever read the Silmarillion, <laughs> when they talk about the song that creates the world, and then there's this huge discordant note or discordant melody that, that uh-huh. gets played, and then it gets eventually kind of woven back in, and it gets sort of, the rough edge is sort of smooth, and it gets brought back into the melody. I thought that's what, that's kind of what that was to me. It was like Jack this. Jack is Melkor. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I'm there. I'm there. I can do that. <laughs> That's how that felt to me. Like, I, I think yeah. uh, most of all of that stuff up front was, but showing, right, it was shown in a very positive way up front, but they also showed the backside, which was very, mm-hmm. very negative. Like, the, yeah. everything just called it, and sort of like how rich people can treat their friends or their loved ones, quote unquote, and um, sort of the power imbalance playing itself out and what that really looks like. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was good. Uh, I think if they hadn't have done that, it would have been like a whole, it would have just been like a whole blasted in the story. Like it would have been, right. been bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, watching Keely grow and grow with the other characters was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it was like, I still don't understand her. <laughs> <laughs> I think Keely was the character who was most like Ted, you know, yes. the relentlessly seeing the positive of another's, brutally honest being just herself in all occasions i think that's one of the things i liked about keely now let's talk about the man nate um (laughs) i think he had the The most interesting journey of all (laughs) yeah he goes from funny bumbling background kit man you know to blossoming into coaching genius right there on on the team Mm -hmm. and then he turns and becomes an enemy of Ted and becomes this slick, high powered, the wealthy team coach, you know, the, the manager of that team, but he gets a redemption, mm-hmm. which is something you don't yeah. often see. And I really lo- like this interesting journey he goes on. And even when he was Ted's enemy, when he was the villain, there was still something about Nate that was lovable. There was still something vulnerable about mm-hmm. him that they wrote into that character that was played in that character uh, that I really, really liked. Um, there's so a lot more to say about him, but I'm, I'll, I'll let you guys say more. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, what about Nate? I agree with you. I think that they, they, the way they portrayed Nate, gosh, the, it just his elation at the beginning that Ted remembered his name and knew who he was and saw him and it, it built him up and it gave him that confidence and and at some point, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a transference from the affirmation he didn't get from his dad and confidence, you know, it eroded his confidence with Ted. And I would say the scene where he's yelling at him, mm-hmm. um, I guess that was the end of season two, where he's yelling at him right before the game. That was yeah. one of the hardest scenes for me because you can just see Ted is crushed that He's mentored him. He supported him and loved him. You know, like a son, he bought him his first suit, you know, brought him along. And to see him buy into the vanity and his ego, he took it and went the other way with it. And then when he gets to West Ham, it's like he thinks he has to be this person. And Rupert definitely feeds into that. Oh, yes. You know, and, and encourages it. And so Jade, his girlfriend, or the she was the uh, the haughty hostess for a while, you know. <laughs> I love Jade, the haughty hostess. <laughs> that great. was such a great development, right? Yeah. To see her kind of ground him 
and affirm him for just who he was, no matter that he, she didn't care that he was the West Ham manager or whatever, you know, at that point, she saw that model leave him at that table and that she saw the humanness in him. And I, I love that they gave him that. And I think, I think she was essential to his arc because we got to see that vulnerability and human in him. And then I knew it from the get go. They were going to redeem him. I, you know, you just, you had that feeling. Yeah. And I had, I had some friends who were not happy about it. They didn't like it. Felt like Coach Beer did. I, I'm a softie. I love a good <laughs> redemption arc. <laughs> I love a good redemption. A, I'm a Catholic at heart. That's right. <laughs> Patrick, how about you, uh, Nate? You know, Nate, I like Nate. You get Ted as his kind of father figure throughout mm-hmm. the first season and a half. And, you know, then he starts, you know, it's building him up doing all these great things for him, listening to him, watching him grow. You know, it becomes the wonder kid, right? And then he's mm-hmm. spending all of his time buying into his own image, looking at social mm-hmm. media, watching it. And then you have the sort of relationship between them break down, sort of the child becoming the teenager. <laughs> I don't need you anymore. <laughs> sort of thing that happens. And then he runs off and then lo and behold, he's at West Ham and he's going to be the, the coach there. And Rupert sort of becomes his father figure and we see how that plays out and we see the intelligence nate has when he realizes that rupert is not falling in rupert's footsteps it's not the way to go like Mm -hmm. this is gonna like it's it's so you have that play out with the model and then we see that play out with when he gets invited out by rupert for quote-unquote boys night uh, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. turn out to be that and he realizes like this is not really where i want to go and what i want to do and then he gets fired and then we see him with his actual father. Mm-hmm. And we get that amazing scene where his father talks about him playing, is it the cello? The violin. The violin. His father yeah. comes back and says, you know, I tell your mother I have heartburn. And he's like, you don't have heartburn. And I'm like, yeah, but your mom knows. I just need to walk by myself sometimes. <laughs> and he talks about how Nate thought his father hated him playing the violin. It had nothing to do with that. Nate's father thought he could play it so much better. He didn't think Nate was doing badly. He just wanted Nate to do better because he knew he could, because he knew he had this potential. And sort of get this, that scene happens in very close proximity to the scene where Ted shows Coach Beard the whole video, right? And he talks about Nate, how he ripped the thing on, but then everybody comes in the room and he has to hide under the desk and then he gets out and then the cleaning crew comes in and he hides in and he's, right. he's like, yeah, he's probably under that desk for about four hours there, you know, and then he has to climb out the window because <laughs> they've locked the doors and, and you get to see sort of like Nate's relationship to these, these father figures and his relationship to his own father figure and how it suddenly clicks to him what Ted was really trying to do with him. And because he suddenly realizes what his father was really trying to do with him was trying to express his potential. The reality that, you know, Nate was something of a genius. And, and so buying out of the image and realizing he can go back to Richmond, especially after the conversation with coach Beard, Mm -hmm. uh, you get that, you know, I hate you, but I forgive you. Right. Speech, which is, 
you know, one of the I'm not crying, you're crying yeah. moments. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the prodigal son, isn't he? Like yeah. he goes yeah. back as the assistant kit man, you know, I'll take I'll yep. sleep with the you know, in the in the, in the pigsty and eat the slop. And Ted embraces him and, and raises mm-hmm. him up, you know. Yeah. I loved the by the way, you mentioned the violin that Nick Muhammad really does play the violin. And he played one of the most beautiful violin pieces I know, which is the Avro Pot, which is just un- just a beautiful. It gets me every time I hear it. I love it. So the, yeah, I love that scene. And, and you're right, Rupert. He was like a father figure, but he was like the like a devil father figure. He was like a mm-hmm. temptation in the desert, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And Nate passed the test and didn't fall for the temptation, and that showed his character. It, mm-hmm. Like not not like his like a literary character, but his internal character and integrity that he wouldn't fall for that. That's really the moment that things turned with Nate for me. I mean, you could always see there was something in him that didn't like what he'd become. Right. That wanted mm-hmm. to go back to AFC to his friends. And he didn't mm-hmm. think, he didn't think he'd be accepted. He didn't think he could. You saw him struggle with it when Ted, when he said mean things in the press conference and Ted still came back. Nice. Yeah. Or when and Ted and Beard showed up with his son at the game. You know, right. and they're waving in the stands yeah. and you saw him just, he didn't want to be that person. He wants to be like Ted. Yeah. I just, I love that beard standing there angry. <laughs> <laughs> you have nightmares about beard in that hallway, you know, and then yeah. it, where he comes to tell him he's forgiven, you know, like yeah. scary. He's like, <laughs> like flinching in the door. Like, are you yeah. going to hit me now? <laughs> So there are so many characters we could go on for another hour talking about them. There's Jamie and his dad. Jamie has an amazing journey. He goes from self-centered jerk. We talked a little bit about him to to being really other centered by the end. Sam. I love Sam. I love Sam's dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that relationship they had. And Sam, it's just he's just like this good person. I know not every, you can't stereotype an entire country, but I've met so many really nice Nigerians, you know, like just yeah. so like this, this I, I feel like there's a country full of really nice people, you know, and joyful. Yeah. 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 Um, and I really love Sam. Um, and, and I'll let you guys talk a little bit about these, but uh, I just want to mention them. Danny Rojas, who just was so funny. <laughs> Danny. Oh, he's got the, yeah. you know, the, this, the Latin American flair. Uh, oh. Trent, we mentioned coach beard and mm-hmm. Leslie Higgins. And then there's all the rest, but I just really think some of those, I would love to talk more about those, but um, you guys have any other like characters that you want to mention or just uh, briefly before I want to wrap up things by talking about some of our favorite moments, but uh, briefly mention other characters. I just want to touch on Leslie Higgins because in the beginning, you weren't sure if this was really going to be a huge likable character, but they, they kind of used him to show the goodness you know, when the rest of them are complaining about marriage or things aren't forever or whatever, he's got five kids. He and his wife have been married forever. And, you know, the scenes where they welcome everyone into their home. Oh, the Christmas one. Yeah. The Christmas yeah. one. And and it's, again, joyful. And he treats them all like his kids. And, you know, so wherever there's negative going on, he's surprising. You know, the scene in Amsterdam where I forget which which football player he had with him. Oh, yeah, and the, the kid man. The kid the, man. Uh, oh, OK. Yeah. The, the new one. The young one. Yeah. 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 And he thinks they're going to like a brothel or drugs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but he's really into jazz music and he knows all this stuff. So I think Leslie, for me, was kind of the the breakout 
positive character. And it it almost showed you what you were fighting for or what mm. what they were wanting to become. That marriage, family, happiness in that way was was possible. It was attainable. And yeah. especially against all of the alternate lifestyle choices and, you know, things and broken, broken homes. And you had so many father figures in this show that were not good, that, that he was a good one. And so I, I just, I loved his, um, and he thought he was cool. He thought, he thought himself was cool. Like, I like that. <laughs> it was, it was a nice, refreshing change. It's like Mr. Weasley, you know, from the Harry yes. Potter. Hey, the yeah. Weasley family, you know, yeah. they were just good people. Yeah. Patrick, did you have any uh, characters you just wanted to give a shout out to as we wrap up? The only other minor character we hadn't talked about was the therapist. And oh, yeah, Sharon. You know, granted, yeah. she was only there for a season and a half, basically. Although we kind of saw her in snippets through the third season. I think she was extremely important as a character, mm-hmm. both as, as sort of a motive for Ted's growth, but for other characters' growth as well. And then watching kind of her story with Ted sort of play out. You can see sort of the, like, even though like she's supposed to be like the therapist and she's you know, supposed to be having an effect on Ted and not really the other way around, you can kind of see Ted getting to her as, mm-hmm. as the yeah. show goes on. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed their conversation with each other. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Sharon was the anti-Ted in a sense where yeah. she just was serious and wouldn't, she wouldn't let him get under her skin, except eventually she knew how much of what Ted was doing was a facade over the pain, I mm-hmm. think. And that was a big part of her character. And if you think about where we where we are as society and culture, especially, I guess that second season was filmed probably 21, maybe into 22. And the mental health crisis that's been going on, especially with our young people and youth. Oh, yeah. So for them to put that into the show in that manner. And to have basically almost all of the players come through there and talk and really introduce talk therapy as a as a positive thing. And even when Ted was resistant and kind of disrespectful to her about yep. her motives or what was going on, she was very professional and worked really hard to create trust between them. So I loved it as a as kind of a normalizing therapy or men- getting help when you need it. Yeah, very good. It's true. So I want to wrap things up uh, here with just some of our favorite moments. Uh, what what were your favorite moments? And I'm going to list two of mine. Uh, the Diamond Dogs, whenever they got together, I just loved that. Uh, I'm going to do that, my, my friends. Uh, and then when Ted was playing darts against Rupert. Oh, such a good scene. Yes. Teaching Rupert not to make assumptions. Oh, yep. Just loved that but, lesson that Rupert had to learn there. Staring in Rupert's eyes as he's hitting the bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Be curious, not judgmental. Yep. Be curious, not curious, judgmental. judgmental. Man, if there's a motto for this show, Ooh. be curious and be curious about people. Who are yeah. they? What's going on under there? Who is this person before me? And not just judge what I see. Mm-hmm. You know, get to know a person. And that's really, it should be on every monitor before someone goes on social media. <laughs> be curious, not judgmental. So, Lisa, what about you? What your favorite, favorite that, moments? That was the one I wrote down. Okay. Yeah, that was, but, that was one of mine, too. Yeah. I will say most of his 
be a goldfish. You know, doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. You say I'm possible. All I hear is I'm possible. Like just, just all of his little, I guess you would call them like lassoisms. I just went back and I've, I've watched the whole series multiple times now because I'm that person. And you catch so many more things. Like they made all of these connections from the very first episode to the last episode. And when you watch it, you see them that they reflect the same thing beginning and closing. Like, uh, you know, he doesn't know offsides. You know, I, 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 I think of it like the Supreme Court thought of pornography. I'll know it when I see it. And then and then by the end, that last game, he calls offside. Like everyone yeah. else is upset because they Everybody's, scored and yeah. he's like offside. Yeah. Number 14 was offside. You know, Don't and, worry about it. He's offside. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I love that they bookended and they, they kept calling back to all their moments. And then of course it's like such wisdom in this funny way. And then you stop and think about what he actually said and you're like, man. And then of course right. <laughs> this side, believe the, the believe, believe sign. We actually, I have it on my wall and we bought it for my son's soccer team, his senior year. Because they were going into finals, uh, playoffs, and they were the underdogs, and we nice. bought that sign and put it in their um, school bus on the way to games. Did they win? Uh, you know, they won a couple. <laughs> they eventually <laughs> didn't win, you know, but they they went further than they thought they would. And, That's awesome. And we were all just very excited for them. Awesome, Patrick. How about you? Your favorite moments? You know, anytime they they call back to something they did earlier in the show. So like the old guy that he meets every morning and has that exchange with, it's you listen to the old guy and the way he says that word changes (laughs) over the course. Uh And it has like it's like the, you know, depending on where you put the emphasis in a word or a sentence, it changes the whole meaning of the sentence. He, he, He very he did that very well. He did that very well. Even the very last one where he's like, you know, basically saying goodbye and he, and he says the word again and it's, but he means goodbye. Like, you know, and thank you for all you've done. Like, like an artist of the, of the cusp bomb. Yeah. That guy. (laughs) That's good. That, um, the time, you know, he spits the the water out and then he spits it in right in Rebecca's face. And then at the end of the next season, she spits in his face. (laughs) So good. There were so many of those that they did, the offsides one. There was a couple that happened between um, it's like Keely and Jamie's relationship and Keely and Roy's relationship. Mm-hmm. You had that happen a few times. And then one of my favorite scenes is when Roy's niece has the bad breath. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> and, and she, like, breathes in Roy's mouth. And he's like, something died in there. And he, like, falls over. <laughs> I, I I think I've had to stop, pause the show when it happened. I was laughing so hard. That was, that was you don't expect him to, to react like it's a little girl and he's not yeah. happy to be. Yeah. And, you know, and every time he interacts with her, it's always in this like super nice and, and loving kind of way. And that one, it's just like, ah. <laughs> Keels over. I remember the uh, the last season when they went to the party. Like it was Jamie and Roy at his niece's like party, like with her and the mom. Yes. And Jamie's like like looks at Roy's sister, and Roy's like, "Don't even think about it." it. Yeah, yeah, that was great. um, Oh, the scene where they have Roy walk into the stadium, and he walks Mm. over and says, "You know, you had me at coach." And, yes. and Coach Beard yes. like falls over, and they kind of pan out, and you see it's you know it's 
Ted and Coach Beard and Roy and Nate. And he's kind yeah. of got like his dream team there. And you have that scene, and then you have at the end of the third season where they're all back together and they're all on right. that same yeah. pit. And it's that same kind of callback scene to like Ted's basically Ted's dream team that he built. Yeah. To, yeah. to coach the team. Okay, I have one more thing that didn't necessarily happen in the show always, but you know when he left tickets for Roy uh-huh. and it was under, I think, Reba McIntyre, uh, I think Dolly Parton, you know, what was best for me about that was then going on Twitter because Reba McIntyre herself would respond <laughs> to, because I don't know if you know that Ted Lasso, they all, all their characters have Twitter have handles. Twitter accounts, yeah. Yeah, and oh. AFC Richmond and all that. And so Reba McIntyre would actually go and interact with AFC Richmond on Twitter and they would <laughs> respond to her. And there's all these, it's hysterical. That's there's awesome. all these interactions. And then Dolly Parton did the same thing. And That's I awesome. just, I just remember at the time I wrote, this is, this is the kind of stuff that makes Twitter fun and amazing yes. is yeah. to see, you know, they say something in a show, like they called out Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob, uh, um, I forget his last name. Oh yeah. For welcome to Wrexham. When they bought Wrexham, yeah. they called it out in Ted Lasso. Which I didn't know what it was at that time. Yeah. And so it's just, it just, and then they interacted online about it on Twitter. So it just <laughs> to watch them, it, I, I absolutely love that. It's amazing how entertainment media has gone beyond the screen yes. into social media. And it's all this, this mishmash, like the, the world bleeds over into these other realities. Uh, yeah. I follow, I, I started following Roy on Twitter and gosh, whoever's running that. I don't know if it's, it's probably not Brett Goldstein, but I kind of wish it were. It's yeah. a PR man. intern. <laughs> it's some PR Every intern. time he was on that like TV show, that talking head TV show that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. So good. <laughs> the, guy, the guys didn't know what to do. Constantly <laughs> apologizing. I'm sorry for all the cursing. <laughs> you you kind of wonder how many former athletes that are now commentators think all that in their head, like what oh, they yeah. want to say. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So the two announcers, by the way, the guys who announced every Richmond game are real announcers. Like those oh. are like real. If you had like your your local baseball team has its own announcers, that's what these guys do. So they would be known by the audiences in the UK as announcers. Okay. And so they but they just put all these bizarre personalities, these bizarre lines. <laughs> yeah. The one guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. so that was hysterical. So funny. And my kids follow a lot of EPL and La Liga and all that stuff. So every time there was like a coach or a player mm-hmm. on this, they would they would definitely tell me. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's so and so or this or that or, yeah. you know, when they used footage. And that was that was a lot of fun. After the first season, when Ted Lasso had become a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these they, they got access to a lot of the players and places and things <laughs> that they didn't have in that first season. So, yeah, it was really great. All right. So uh, we could go on because it's such a great show. There is talk that there were of a spinoff, you know, the very end of that, the final episode, Keely and Rebecca talk about a women's team, uh, mm-hmm. you know, AFC Richmond women's team. I don't know. It's almost like lightning in a bottle. I, I, I yeah. hate to kind of dilute what, what we got from Ted Lasso. If the right people were involved, maybe it would, it would still be fun. So I'd, I'd like to see it. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to see more of this sort of thing. The the spirit, anyway, uh, not right. all the details, but the spirit of Ted Lasso to kind of go into other media. 
All right. So before we go, I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including Kira M, Julia K, Barton R, Patricia V and Michael A. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us this time. What did you think of Ted Lasso or anything we had to say about it? Who's your favorite character? What were your favorite moments? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. Send an email to secrets at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Until next time. Patrick Mason, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Ted Lasso. Oh, it was great. Great fun. Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. I love this. <laughs> and once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Star Wars. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. 